You are now listening to the Socks and Sandals podcast. Every time an independent, a truly independent source goes into the Portland Place Bureau, we find chaos. Just one of the people like just told to my managers who like had fired me, they were like, yeah, did you see Tevin's video was on Complex? And he was like, man, dog, they sick, man. Yada, yada. And I was just like, I was laughing because it was just like, you know, bro, like, you know, God, God always got a plan. In that moment, I thought, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to sit here in the middle of this aisle in Target and talk to her and break down what is going on and why she believes that these white Barbie dolls are more valuable or should come home with us over these brown and black Barbie dolls. The Egyptian creation story is a very sexual one. Mm -hmm. And it talks of the god creating himself through a sexual act with himself. So it's a masturbatory big bang if you like like I never even hire coaches when I establish a program I always hire mentors first mm. you know what I'm saying because a mentor gets the big picture coach might just get basketball I want somebody that under X's and I want somebody that's about whole life I'm not the only podcaster out there you're not the only marketer out there like there's a lot of people doing the same things but the things that's going to separate you and I from the rest of the people is that we become our best selves and we just don't quit. So what is the gospel? What is the pure, unadulterated yes, gospel? Yes, yes, and that is what I live by because the moment this changes is the moment I'm leaving Christianity. Okay. The pure, unadulterated gospel, and I can say it in one sentence, but I'll elaborate. For sure. Is love God and do whatever the fuck you want. Back to the Socks and Sandals podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your guy Emmanuel. I'm back in the building, whipping it up, and I got two of my favorites, man. Two of the homies, bro. Uh, y'all, y'all have been on this show more than anyone else, hey. and that by design because these are the two most agile, most innovative, oh, man. Uh, man. I so many, so many words, so many adjectives I could give, I could heap up. You know, minutes and minutes of praise for y'all, but I appreciate. Please, no, 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 no. We we have time. We have time. No, we don't. We don't. But... Oh, oh, oh right. <laughs> I was gonna say you need to pull out your Stephen A. Smith bag. I need some. Nah, help. man. You know, I, I don't. I don't got the unmitigated gall to go minutes upon minutes of, of keeping praise. But um, I have first. First up, man, my guy. He came on. He been on the show since day one. My guy, Mondo. Say what's up to the people, bro. Already, already. And then I got over my brother from another. Say what's up to the people, guy. Good evening, good afternoon, and good night, wherever you are. Um, the one, one, uh, one, one part of the whole that is uh, Effable Radio, a small shops yeah. podcast. So uh, yeah, tune in, and uh, it's good to be here. It's good to be back because uh, this is a season for socks and sandals. You're like literally, this is a season for socks and sandals. This is the season, man. Tis the you know season. Tis, Tis the man. season. Yeah, in and out. You know. But, uh, nah, but I'm I'm so I'm so excited, bro, because like this is like the this is the clash. It would have been a little bit sweeter if um if we were all in our uh the form oh, of debating. Oh, and then oh. it just would have been a hell of a clash. 
But I love <laughs> the the beauty of where we're at, you know, personally, professionally, um, in our maturity. And I think we're all kind of past that stage of debating just to debate, but we just have a greater understanding of, of things and, and life and in the world and all that. So uh, still, at the end of the day, it's going to be a robust conversation either way. Truly. Already. Already. Um, so to get started, uh, what is today is to give everyone a frame of reference. Today is November 23rd, 2021. One of the um, greatest days of the year. No, actually, the greatest day of the year, actually. Uh, and this has been a, a crazy week that we've had. Crazy, crazy week. Well, it really, last week was like a wild week, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was written out. Kyle Very Rittenhouse, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Young Dolph, Dolph got killed. Uh, I feel like something else happened. No, there was. It was one more. There was one more. Uh, I wish I had it, but it was. It was a very Drake and, Drake and Kanye. Drake and Kanye. Oh, Drake. Drake and Kanye got back uh, together. Go. They they made their quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a very that's, that's the that's the one and only Tevin Tavares. <laughs> Hopping in, I appreciate. Which you, mic? Bro. He's a C mic, yeah. Epic C mic, D mic. I just, I just had to, I just had to. Uh, let Thank you. Uh, yeah, because me and he were out last week was just a crazy week, man. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Kanye happened all that, all of that, all of that. Bro. And it's, 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 it's funny because when we talk about when we say that we're gonna talk about a a Kanye interview, it sounds like we're gonna go pop culture. You know, it sounds like we're gonna talk about. Kanye the person versus but but we are here to talk about the topics that Kanye brought up that is exclusive and particular to the black experience you know right. and uh yeah. so the beginning of that would be is Kanye still canceled in your life Emmanuel is he still I mean I, I think we might have established that last time bro Kanye is is not canceled for me okay. um because he's done so much for us for the for the culture and he's meant so much to me personally um you know just with his music and all that so nah and 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 he's black you know and he's he's black black he's not like yes he's not performative black he's not um (coughs) he's not he's not uh i didn't feel i didn't find out i was black until i went to college black right until i was around white people not the not the dear white people black like he's black black you know what i mean so um there's there's no excuses there's no nothing i have to make up for kanye like he is who he is He's a black man in America. Uh, he's gone through a whole lot in his life. And so I give him all the victims guaranteed qualifications to say whatever the fuck he want because he's he is he has survived Chicago. Mm. So period. Yeah. Well said. Period. But I'll I'll um go ahead and bounce that question back to you, Oba. Is Kanye uh, canceled in your mind? Man, I I visited this time. Well, uh, next month I went to his uh, Mary performance in New York, and I, and I flew when I was living, still living in Portland. So, over the last two years, I haven't, I haven't had any, any disagreement with anything that he's done because of when he's a person, you know what I mean. And I, and I still think that he is exclusively the only quote unquote superstar that is overt with their mistakes and their, you know, victories. You know what I mean? Like if he says something dumb, he definitely owns that. If he, if he, you know, uh, learns from whatever. You know, he said whatever he said, and he moved on from that. And uh, I really, really, I mean, these last two years has definitely my my appreciation for him outside of music has grown simply because like he's a he's he, I think he's going to be remembered as a as a political. You know, person, you know, he's he's going into that realm now of really trying to change 
and uh, I I regard it. I respect it. I can't wait for the memoirs. And this is my version. This is our version of like Jordan. You know what I mean? Like growing up with Jordan. We're growing up with Ye, and people after us going to talk about him like we like our you know older people talked about Pac and Biggie. You know what I mean? Like we're we're in the midst of seeing this, and I and I I appreciate that it's uh, it's so much more than hip hop. No doubt. No doubt. I really do, man. It's he's one of the most important people in, in, in black culture because he. He's such an authentic representation of, of black culture, I think. Absolutely. And uh, man, it's beautiful to see him on a black platform, you know? Right. It's beautiful to see him really touch, like get in touch with people. Because if you saw his Joe Rogan podcast, like, or, you know, interview, it was very different. You know, it was a, it's a very different conversation. Way different. But this was, way different. It was, this, I appreciated it, but it was obviously right. night and day. Um, yes. You know, what we reviewed when we did Symphony of Ideas versus what we're doing right now. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. not even. It's not even close. So um, agreed, man. But Mondo, I mean, I, I know you canceled Kanye for for quite some time, bro. So just let me know where you're yeah, at. Bro, quit lying on me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we can't be canceled, man. I, I, we we can't take back, you know, a beautiful twisted dark fantasy. We can't yes, take sir. back eight oh eight and heartbeat. You know, what I mean, yes, I'll give Jesus away, but uh, you could do without. Yeah, no, no. The, the, the streets can have that. The streets can. Yeah. Have that. <laughs> but I'm saying like. I, I just y'all touched on it too. I like that he's unpolished, even mm-hmm. as deep as he is, you know, in this music industry and in Hollywood and life and all his success and accolades. He's not like a media trained dude, or at least he doesn't come off like that. He's just unapologetically who he is. You see his flaws, you see his wins, and he bears it all. So I like for that, he's relatable, you know what I'm saying? So I, I like that he hasn't let the game change him like that. So for that, I don't think he can really be canceled. He does what the hell he wants to do. You know, the proof is in the pudding. Nine Billy. (laughs) All right, y'all. So, for all of you beautiful listeners out there, we are going to review Kanye West uh, Drink Champs interview, the part two. Part one, I feel like, was well talked about. Part two wasn't as covered as as extensively as part one, um, but a lot of jewels in part two. And so, we're going to break that down. And this one, he had Larry Hoover in the building. Um, And so, yeah, as as we get into that, um, Oba, I do want to start with some clips that you selected, bro. And that that first one, you remember the first one that you selected, right? The first clip I thought was uh, notable because it talked about how different not just jail culture or or what what was going on there is, but how that is a reflection of how 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 that reflection how that is a reflection of what's going on on the outside as well. You know, very much kind of out of control of our element. And how, you know, that was a cultural shift, I think, you know, when it comes to the epidemics of crack and whatever destabilized our, our cultures and our families, it has to, it, it, there was a direct reflection inside of the jail culture as well. And I think mm-hmm. that this is a good example of that, this quick clip. Sure. A shot's from, no, from jail. This from jail, yeah. Okay. He, he moved okay. good in jail at one point in okay. time. The jail system has changed, but okay. back in the day, the inmates kind of had control of jail. So let me ask you both. So. I think that that there was a there was a level of humanity still. You know what I'm saying? Even though the 60s and the 50s there were there were inhumane things that were happening to anybody that didn't have you know the complexion for the protection, but there was still some kind of I don't know. You would you would even say you know in the streets as well there was some kind of organization when it come to when it came to maleficence. You know there was still some kind of I, w- I wouldn't even call it honor, but there was something that there was a a dignity to having or, or to making your, your, in, in wherever you're inhabiting, 
mm. and habitable for you and whoever your you know whoever was whoever your your crew was a part of and i think that has been so um dissected now and it's been so compartmentalized now just like we are in culture that there is no way for the inmates to run the jail anymore because at the end of the day the inmates do run the jail you know the the, the voters should run government but it doesn't it doesn't happen that way anymore and i think that those were really good uh reflections or you know something to notice something to definitely take note of yeah, that's that's something that I definitely mentally skated by. But but as you bring it up and as we watch it again, um, and the way that you frame it, it's almost like, well, should we should we be in a jail system though? Right? Like I think that's kind of I think that's kind of the crux of the matter. Like and as as opposed to looking at the jail system and and maybe reforming it to be more um humanizing it's like damn should we even be in the jail system i mean i think that's what it kind of comes down to like why well, yeah but, i i agree i agree with which, with the with the question that you're posing but in my mind there's going to be a jail system you know what i'm saying like once it's here just like guns in america once it's here there's no getting rid of it there's too many people that are making too much money off of it there's there's too many vested interests in it staying here so we have it here now but what it used to be is very different than what it is now. And it didn't used to be a money-making machine. Maybe people weren't as invested in, you know, control and all these different things, but there was just a certain level of like organization that went on that um, I guess everybody was profiting off of, you know, it, the money wasn't just siphoned to the top. And I think that's another difference as well is that in this, you know, fragmenting of the system and really compartmentalizing it, all the parts don't know how they don't they don't unify. So like the deputies don't unify and kind of have their own hustle going on or the 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 jail wardens don't unify and have their own kind of mafia. You know what I mean? Like all of this is mafia organization. And it is we're not able to do that on the outside because you don't see any unions anymore. You know, you don't see any kind of group of employees that are that are vying for their own um, quality of life. And uh, that reminds me of my current position right now. And uh, I worked for a startup. And the startup got bought out. And at the time of it being bought out, um, our team was transitioning into the new company. And my team really had a chance, an opportunity to be one unified voice and to make our lifestyle how we wanted to make it, right? Mm -hmm. To make our demands and say, hey, you know, we have leverage because we have product knowledge. So we want this kind of work environment. Mm -hmm. And people don't, people weren't even thinking like that. I was the only person trying to bring up, hey, you know, we're stronger together kind of thing. You know, they gave us a, uh, and, and, and again, that just reminds me of how different the cultures are. You know, mm -hmm. you're not looking out for your, you're not looking out for yours. You're looking out for your own. And that group just gets smaller and smaller. And as long as people are compartmentalizing, there's no way for us to, to change whatever we need to change because we we're, we're stronger together. Mm. I felt like a rant a little bit, but I I really I really thought that that, no, I, that I, hit. I can dig it. I can dig it. Connecting it cool. to your your current circumstance. But. Yeah, I don't know, Mondo. What you think, bro? As far as um, um, what he was saying, as far as being inside of the jail, yeah. Well, just a clip, yeah, yeah. Being at like where where the inmates were able to basically run the jail, but now that's not the case. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like with anything, things get more and more convoluted as time goes on, and there's more and more people in the system uh, than were mm -hmm. before. Um, I, I don't know if it's a fair assumption to say that life inside of prison is a reflection of what our camaraderie is outside. 
Um, but if there is any indication by what you see in our relationships with each other outside as opposed to inside, um, now, like there's there's no unity. There's no, <laughs> there's all these different factions. I mean, even when it was just as simple as this game rivals this game, now there's like factions upon factions upon, like there's all these. So there's this way less, it's so convoluted nowadays. So I could understand if, if that's any reflection of what it is on the inside, I can understand why now we're, we're no longer on one accord by any stretch of, of the imagination you know what i mean so, yeah and then you got you got to think about like the war on drugs like that was a that was a yeah. totally culture shift of the prison system now granted you know the the prison system was always built off of it was it came from slave labor right it right, came from right. the, the abolishment of slavery and then basically slavery re-encoded into the 13th amendment you know, mm-hmm. by by means of if you're punished as punishment for a crime, if you're a ward of the state, you got no yeah, rights. Then you can you can be a slave. So it's just slavery 2.0 or 3.0, whatever you want to look at it as. But yes. but you know, during that time of coming out of the civil rights movement and having all this black togetherness and then things starting to splinter, right? And then drugs becoming a part of the community mm-hmm. and and a lot of you know illicit funds being a part of the community and really the only way for folks to come up real quick right exactly. there wasn't no everybody wasn't going to college it, right. you know it wasn't it wasn't a lot of fast tracks and and um in corporate america it was just like you was black and you was poor and you was in the hood you know what i mean <laughs> so it was just like what else, what other way can you come up and then you had the drug game and then cats calling calling shots from jail but it's like it never should have been like that anyway so how do we how do we fight for better treatment in so for instance mondo there's a there's a mutual friend of ours you know um that's doing time right now and when i talk to him he's like doing what we're talking about trying to fight for better situations and better circumstances and better accommodations and yo let's get a kwanzaa celebration and we need to have this and we man let's let's get folks together and let's study this and you know they're they're fighting for all these better accommodations, and <laughs> part of me entertains it, and then part of me I got to a point where I was just like, "Bro, you're a slave." Yeah, I had to tell him like, "Bro, you're a slave. Like you don't have no rights. All these yeah. rights, all this, all these, you know, you, you go into the law library and you study. I said, in the context of white supremacy, bro, you don't have no rights." Well, yeah, I, I just, I hate, and I know you're not saying this, but I, I hate that it's gotten to a point where it's almost a foregone conclusion that a large enough percentage of us are going to be within that system. Incarcerated, right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas we need to get, like, how can we get out and stay out and be done with that shit? <laughs> like, yeah. like, that's, as Canada's, I can, I don't, we can fight for accommodations. I feel for brothers that are going to be in there for a long time or that have nothing else to look forward to, but I want their lives to be a little more convenient and, and easy. Sure. But for me, it's just not, and maybe it's arrogant or, or I don't know how we look up to say this outside uh, of that system, but that should be not on the top of the priority list. How can we stop with the mentality that it's okay to go in there in the first place? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we keep ourselves out completely. Um, but I can understand somebody in there needing something to fight for and wanting, you know, better accommodations. That's all good. And that's noble. Yeah. But no, I mean, that's not, that's naturally human nature. Like you're going to yeah. fight to survive. By exactly. exactly. But don't, on the other hand too, like, should it be that comfortable? Should it be a place that if you go to, you're so comfortable that you don't mind being there? No, no, no. You don't, 
I don't think you understand how uncomfortable it is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like, <laughs> like it. That shit, that shit is terrible. Like you don't you don't really wish that on your worst enemy the way I don't, I don't. I'm not saying like I'm just saying like I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way, like, oh, I, I hope that niggas suffer. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like you wouldn't want to get complacent either. You wouldn't want to be so to the point where like you're content with it. The same I look at it like if you're if your life is being funded completely by the government, mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes there's a need. Everybody needs help at some point. I get that. But if you're if you get to a point where you're content with the crumbs that are being given to you, to me, that I mean, that's a, a scary place to be. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I want us to get in the mentality where we don't want that. Like, that's beneath all of us, any one of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I realize everybody's circumstances are different, though, so it's hard to. And these are generations. And I think both, I, I imagine both both uh, fights need to be had, you know what I mean? Because oh, at the yeah. end of the day, the system that puts people in jail isn't in our favor anyway. You know what I mean? Like, we don't have to go back to the Central Park Five. We right. both have people that are incarcerated right now. Yeah. And uh, on, on one end, it's just like, yo, once you once you make a mistake once and they and they pick you up for anything, they mm-hmm. now they can just, they got, they got carte blanche to just put you in jail for as long as they want. And then when you're in jail and you're fighting for yourself, and, you know, you get a lawyer, you don't even get a public defender, you get a lawyer, which is in, um, in the specific situation that I'm talking about personally, um, that person still doesn't have the court system It's just it's at their leisure. You know what I mean? Literally, somebody can just be like, no, nah, we're not going to take your case right now. We're going to we're going to push you back and we're going to make you wait it out. Yep. You know, and yep. then we're going to see if you want to if you want to get out tomorrow, all you got to do is sign this piece of paper. You'll be a felon for the rest of your life, but you can be free, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's it's so it. It goes beyond. I understand. I totally understand making sure that someone isn't comfortable in their situation, but it also has there has to be a level of you know humanity maintained or, or fought for. Because mm-hmm. if no one fights, if no one fights for it and the attention isn't being brought to it, then it's gonna go to the wayside. You know what I mean? People aren't really paying attention. People aren't talking about it. Then funding is gonna dip in that. It's gonna be allocated somewhere else. And people's quality of life. Like I have somebody that's in jail right now who's deathly allergic to peanuts, and it's it's crazy that he only eats maybe once every two days or something like that you know what i mean like the vegetarian options aren't real it's not even real food that he's being served so that yeah. there has to be a, a level of humanity maintained but the but the prison system of course has to be re- uh, reformed but until then you know like that that quality of life definitely has to be uh these are people man you know wrongfully yeah, or rightfully yeah bro people, yes. so it's difficult man i know it's not i know it's not a one-all but like you know rehabilitation and all that stuff we I wonder Oof, about, uh, an idea question. I, do we think there's any correlation between the comfortability in prisons and how much prisons are actually able to profit in being with private prisons in the stock market and that sort of thing? A correlation between the comfort and the profit margin? Yeah. Like yeah, how, well, how comfortable the inmates are as opposed, juxtapose that with how profitable the prisons right. are continuing to you know earn billions and billions and billions and billions. Right. Like I would, if, I would think if if there was, it would be a positive correlation. But it seems to be an inverse correlation. I, I would definitely think inverse. I would do as little as possible, right? Yeah. To make sure the margins are as high as humanly possible, as legally right. possible. Right. Yeah. Because because at the end of the day, they have an endless supply in their mind of people that are eligible to be in prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you have if you have melanin in your in your skin, uh, particularly the darker you are, the more eligible you are to for for mistreatment. Yeah. eligible yeah. to be drafted to be drafted oh, yeah. to the prison oh, yeah. system. Oh yeah, I mean col- colorism yeah. is you know that's that's what we're in. That's what we're up against, bro. This racism is is just colorism categorized. That's it, you know. So 
the 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 further you are from whiteness in the system of white supremacy, the more you are eligible for mistreatment in the system. And so, I mean, I don't know. I, I, was, I was about to go on a different tangent. I don't want to go there right now, but uh, but yeah. Oh, but what what you think, bro? What you think? It's a uh, no. The the it, there's no there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. I think it's a both and instead of an either or. You know what I mean? Like being being comfortable and going to prison. Being comfortable in prison is a very difficult thing to, you know, try to discuss or try to argue for or fight for. But um, it, it it really happens when it's somebody personal. You know what I mean? When it's a real oh, yeah. personal situation, when it's somebody that should have been in jail for maybe two months maximum, but they've been in jail for going on a year yeah. because people are just, you know, puffing off that state, off those state funds. So um, in short, yeah, I think that it's uh, yeah, the whole system, but it's 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 here. So. No doubt. Well, let's uh, let's let's take a hard hard left and transition um, into this next clip where Kanye is, is talking about some real socks and sandals type <laughs> content, man. Real society, culture, history, and religion, worldview, all of that, man. So let's go ahead and get into this. In modern day slavery, and at this point, it's like. I put my life on it. This shit that I'm saying right here, bro. And let me tell you, I don't want no white Christians come up to me telling about how I shouldn't be cursing and what I should be doing. That's still other forms of, it was Christians in the KKK too. You know what I'm saying? Also in Christianity, there's black, there's Egyptian monks from back in 1300s. So when atheists tell us, oh, well, Christianity was thrown at you by the slave. No, it wasn't. Jesus been here. We the blood of Christ. That's our, that's our people. This is the first time I heard an eight-minute drink chance ever. <laughs> He's just been the blood of Christ. That's our people. What's up? What's up, Mondo? What's going on, bro? <laughs> Why are you calling me, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I feel game. Yeah, well, I mean, you know what I'm going to say, bro. He's speaking facts, man. And I, I, I love that he's at a point, like, he's always been unapologetic about it. But here's the difference between somebody who doesn't need to depend on the system because he's built his own system as mm-hmm. opposed to with respect, like uh, like a Nick Cannon, who like he'll start talking. Yeah. Nick Cannon catches like, straight. <laughs> exactly, he's still employed by Viacom, so you better chill out. You know, <laughs> my bad. I'm not the real Charlemagne too, man. Like, hey, no, that's, there that's is, facts, though. That's facts. There is that. They they, I mean, speak freely. exactly. Right. They can never be. So I I love that he's in a place where he don't give a damn who he offends. He's gonna tell the truth as he knows it and keep on talking that talk. And, he, and what he's saying is factual too. You know, if people really want to do the history. Um, yeah, I find no problems with what he was saying. Already. Oh, but tell me why that clip spoke to you, bro. Yo, that clip. Um, he also had a clip a little further down um into the interview that we're not gonna talk about, but it 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 had me thinking about how many of us grew up in Christianity and walked away from Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we come back to Christianity using it as a tool versus uh a, a lifestyle guidance, right? And I think that um that was really interesting in hearing about Egyptian and Christianity or monks. Uh, and I did a little bit of research and there is a monastery called Monastery of St. Anthony and it is in Egypt. And I think Egypt is a, is a is an interesting place because of the correlation that Christianity has with astrology and how much astrology is in the Giza Plateau, for example, and how much, um, you know, like the procession of equinox and all these different things, like how many how many astrological significances are in both cultures of Egyptian and the religion of Christianity. And I thought that um, talking about the, um, the lost the lost tribe of Judah and, and the people that are, you know, mentioned in the Bible there as a Nigerian person, we hear stories about the Igbo people in Nigeria and how Igbo people were not. I say Nigeria because, you know, Nigeria is created by 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 Britain, but that area, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Um, Western Nigeria had Igbo people and Igbo people were not indigenous to Western Nigeria. And they have in their history that they are part of that lost tribe as well. And really seeing and hearing the histories that, you know, those people were brought over in centuries past and how much of America was, you know, uh, pre-populated by people that are dark as us is uncanny to hear um, there be, you know, Christian monks that are living in that probably the first, the oldest Christian monastery is in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was something very, very valid because, you know, Dr. Henry Clark says, don't throw Christianity out, you know, use it as a tool for your liberation. Don't throw any of these religions out, despite the fact that they all might be male chauvinistic murder cults. They are still very, very useful, um, if nothing else, um, especially when children are young. But as that unifying factor, I think that it's really important to know. Um, and say, that, yeah, I'm curious when you say don't throw it out, like use it as like what, what exactly you say use it as a tool. Yeah, well, I, I say it as, OK, if you're going to believe in a Jesus, right? Um, the same way that people in Asia are going to believe in Buddha, but Buddha looks 10 different ways. He looks one way to a Vietnamese person. He looks another way to somebody from Sri Lanka. Buddha looks another way to somebody from India, you know what I mean? China, wherever. So if we're, if we're going to use Christianity, you better damn sure make sure that the Christian, um, that the depictions at least look like you. That's, that's, that's like level zero. You know what I'm saying? That's the foundation of being able to use it for your children. Use the morality that's in there, create the story, but don't use it as fact. You know what I mean? Like really understand that the 12 disciples are um, more than just, you know, actual people that existed, you know, um, understand that we call it Sunday, Monday, all these different things have very, very astrological, they have a lot of astrological significances and really using it as a, as, as a tool for your liberation, as in something that we can all unify. Our, our conversation should be had at church, our, our unifying or our whatever our church should be our cornerstone of the community, but it's not, it's, it's a tool for the government because they're tax-free entities. And um, yeah, I think it's a tool for their control, but we could use it as uh, as a liberation process as well. I found I think that, I think any book, even, even though that book was, you know, the council of Nicaea and everything that's in the Bible, there is still a lot of like occultic truth in there. And we should be using the Bible just as much as we're using the Torah or any of these other old books, you know? So, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, in the Torah being the first, you know, five books of the Bible or the Pentateuch, I, I feel like I don't know. For me, and it, uh, not to take it in a different direction, but I think a lot of what we learned coming up, or at least us over here, um, if, if anybody who grew up in Christianity or whatnot, you feel like a freedom once you actually are delving into some truth and realizing that a lot of yes. the constructs that have been put upon you. Um, yes are baseless, <laughs> are fabricated, are- And are, are exquisitely fabricated, right? Like they really tune this thing into a machine of control. You know what I mean? You feel guilty being in your own body because you have these urges or feelings. If you got me feeling guilty and I'm self-policing, yo, you did a really good job of brainwashing me, man, for real. So I have to tip my hat, but I think we should come back to it too. You know, after we walk away and we say, oh, okay, we see what it is. Um, now let's use it, you know, let's use it correctly, you know? Yeah, that's a fact, man. And it's it's a uh, it's it's ironic that he the way that he talks about the white Christians telling him what he can and can't do. Um, and I knew this was gonna happen because I I grew up in a church, Christian, did Christian hip hop, followed Christian hip hop closely. And so anybody that followed Christian hip hop closely knows the um, the the ascendance of Lecrae. And then when when Lecrae got super, you know, popular and went mainstream and he started doing things a little different, not as CHH or holy hip hop style. 
the white evangelicals would come for him and try to tell him what he can and can't do and what he, what he should and shouldn't say and yo stick to stick to Jesus don't start talking about all this black stuff and all that and like they try to police him and and you hear Kanye already clapping mm. back at the white evangelical Christian crowd trying to tell him what he can and can't say if he can cuss or if he can't cuss and he, go ahead go ahead it's just funny, man, because that's the thing. There's, man, I just want people, I know it's not, this is not the type of kind we're going to... No, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. But, like, just knowing that there's a vast difference between the scriptures, the mm-hmm. the, the spirit-inspired, you know, words that the prophets were given, mm-hmm. and Christianity. Like, they're mm-hmm. vastly different. It's not even, they're not even in the same realm. You got all these Christian tenets or whatever. Yeah. Tenets of Christianity. It ain't got shit to do with what's in the Bible. Where does it say, thou shalt not form thy mouth to say shit? <laughs> like, where, show me that show me show me where god got upset because the israelites said a, a bad word <laughs> and which bad words are they yeah, yeah. which exactly. ones which ones the god sent me and which word and they wasn't speaking english yet so is there like a revised version for our language now like it, it doesn't make any sense man so i'm just like it's all kind of stuff so i like that kanye is talking what he's talking i like that he's like man damn this all y'all have fed us is lies and i'm free now yeah <laughs> i know who i am it's a free man talking, bro. Like, what, what, what you gonna tell him? What you gonna exactly. tell him at that point? Nine Billy, like, everything that he's done has been wildly successful. Yeah. And you got these cats on Twitter telling him he can't cuss. Like, what? You keep your blonde hair, blue eye, Baywatch Jesus. And I'm gonna deal with this <laughs> and speak. Which makes sense. Talk. Which makes sense for them because that that is exactly who they should be. That should be theirs. That should just not be ours. Any, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's and the most. The frustrating thing about that is when I went to Nigeria three years ago, that's 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 the only picture I saw. You seen the, the, the Norwegian Jesus? I saw I saw Baywatch. I saw <laughs> I saw Patrick Swayze and Ghost Norway. Jesus. Oh, man. <laughs> oh no! And it was it was really depressing, man. It's just it's just yeah that 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 tool that tool of control is is a great tool, but just in the wrong hands, I guess. So. Um, and definitely happy that he's talking about that because that's some liberation stuff that a lot of our so-called black leaders uh can't say and speaking of liberation man um and and kanye's success bro let's let's just get into this clip i'm a there's some some things i was gonna go over but this yeah, I get, did you get the clip about um his stuff in wyoming uh, uh i don't i don't think so i, think I might have i don't think so i was, well, he I was, was talking about his twelve thousand. he was talking about his twelve thousand acres yeah yeah, because I, because I, uh, you know what, I actually wanted to bring that up, e, because that is, I was like, yo, imagine a black Rajneeshi, imagine a black, uh, uh, um, what what they call the city? Well, we we talked about that though. We talked yeah, about we that in, in one of the symphonies. Yeah, yeah, we did, right? we, we did, we did. We did. Yeah. But when he mentioned all those acres that he has in Wyoming and how he's yeah. building infrastructure, I'm thinking, if only we can make a petition and get this nigga in touch with Umar, like. No, no, no. Umar is not going. <laughs> Umar ain't building. That's the thing. That's the difference. Umar is not going to build anything. <laughs> he needs a Marcus Garvey. Marcus, who is it? Marcus Garvey, Frederick Douglass. FDMG. FDMG. Oh, man. That's the thing. You don't want him to get it because. Umar gonna tell him how to not do it. He's like, yo, just just raise the money, just ask for gifts and donations, and they will give it to you, my brother. You ain't gotta get easy nothing. <laughs> just keep I love that Umar is famous for all the wrong reasons, yeah. Man. Oh man, he but he is like the master entertainer of 
pro-blackness, bro. So I, I got to give it to him. I definitely <laughs> he put, found his lane. He found his oh, lane. Oh, he found his lane. He, he well, I've definitely put some on the cash app, bro. Like I just had <laughs> last time he was on the last time. Bro, last time he was on Breakfast Club, he was spitting that fire. I was like, nah. He was. He was. No, 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 no. He was. He was. You deserve this, my brother. $20 for you. You got it. You got it. Spend it on whatever you want, man. I don't know how much is going to be what you need, but, you know. Um. Uh, As tempted as I was, I'm going to skip over the Trump talk because I know we've covered that as well. Um, But I just wanted to, especially now that we're seeing, you know, the responses of the Democratic Party, I just want there to be a little bit more consideration of just seeing Trump as not a Republican, but just somebody who was outside of the system trying to change some shit. You know what I'm saying? Because that's why I I hope that we can see now a little bit of what Kanye was saying, you know, like Mm -hmm. he's not supposed to be in these spaces, but he is. And he's he's being kind of uh, uh, a maverick in these spaces or whatever. And I think that's what he was taking from Trump because Trump ain't Trump have nobody have his back um, yeah. over his four years. Well, shit, let me let me get into this clip um, that you crazy joint. And then if we have, you know, we might be able to. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, my medication, that was the snowball into eventually ended up being diagnosed as bipolar, which there's a lot of people who will say, I don't believe that you are actually bipolar. And anytime somebody wants to, you know, say that I'm wrong about something, hide the truth, lie, they say, yeah, he's crazy. It's just the ultimate final cutoff to not have to listen. Like I said, we were born into, we were raised into this life, racist, sexist, homophobic, but now also a phobia of things with mental health. So we feel like that could be the end of any conversation. Stop talking, stop thinking, stop feeling. You crazy. Stop being like, I don't like that one Drake line. You crazy. Stop being like, damn, I was the Louis Vuitton Don, now they got Virgil, and he got the Nikes at the same time. You crazy. Oh, you ain't voting for Kamala, you ain't voting for Biden. You crazy. Oh, you running for president, you crazy. Are you sleeping in stay you crazy. Oh, you cut your hair different. You crazy. Are you wearing skinny jeans back in the days? You crazy. Are you walking around with the Hermes bags? You crazy. And I could do all these things to people. And I'm going to tell you like this for Britney Spears and for anybody. Okay. I'm crazy. But what y'all going to do about it? Hmm. All this shit over with. Now, I'm nine Billy crazy about here. Hmm. So y'all can say that crazy talk for somebody else. Y'all, ain't, now not, y'all not going Y'all not, y'all not gonna diminish what I'm doing and what God is doing with me in the future by trying to cut my legs off or cut my influence off by calling me crazy. That don't work. You know what I'm saying? They'd be like, you need your meds. You're not in your best mental state right now. No, I know what's going on and I'm not having it. I'm Buffalo Bill. You know, I'm one of them characters from the movie you know, back in the days. Think about There Will Be Blood, man. They wasn't having it. I'm not having none of it from nobody ever period, on my life, bro, on my mama, on God, period, I'm not having nothing, period. This is the truth. We're going to have to deal with the truth because we can't build communities off of lies. We got to build communities off of a foundation. We build our foundation on the truth. Only the truth will set us free, man. No, no, I can't hang out and watch A mouthful. A mouthful. Um, so many points of entry on that, bro. But Mondo, not Mondo, it was Oba, you brought this up. You talked about that that line, how we was all raised racist, sexist, and homophobic. Oh, that's right there, bro. Tell me why that jumped out to you. 
Well, <clears throat> I think that that is all embedded in American culture, right? And the racism, though we're though we're raised in it, we're not raised racist as black people, but we're raised in racism, right? So when I understood that he's not saying that, oh, as a black person, I'm raised to be racist. I just know that I'm raised to be sensitive towards white uh, influence. You know what I mean? Like all my school teachers were white, the police officers were white, the superintendents were white, all the people of power in my life were white, you know, growing up as an adolescent. So that I'm, I understand that that has a subconscious effect on what you see as authority and what you see as like um, something that you want to aspire to or whatever, whatever. But I think that that was really poignant because it really casts a shadow on American culture and how poisonous American culture is, right? And how much, um, we're all victims of that in one way or the other. Some people just benefit from their victimhood, but this culture as a whole is very, very poisonous. And really hearing him talk about how, um, just yeah, those parts of the culture. And then he's adding mental illness in that. Um, I think it was really, really poignant, man, to talk about how we're not thinking, we're being, th we're, thinking is being done for us. And then we're just getting shoved. We're just memorizing the, the responses to things. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a huge problem with that, man. I remember uh, on the Ye album, he has this one song called uh, Violent Crimes, where he was talking about, don't you grow up in a hurry? Your mama be worried. Oh, this is a part of the story. And there he was talking about like, yo, I don't want you to grow hips and breasts too quick, blah, blah, blah. And I remember hearing the the feedback from the media was like, oh, my God, Kanye is like fawning over his daughter the same way Trump is because he's talking about his daughter's breasts and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yo, I heard people regurgitating these ideas. And it's, it was just a really sad. It was just a really uh, a poignant um, identif identificating factor seeing that uh, he broke down American culture like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. When you bring up violent crimes too, uh, uh, one of my favorite songs on that particular album. Oh my god, amazing! I, I, I think it's it's crazy that people. That, what that reminds me of what you just said there, the fact that people were offended is that there's some people they're not trying to understand any artistic value to anything or even really know what somebody is saying. They're waiting for the opportunity to be offended. It's <laughs> like, what can you say? Like, what can I point at that? Okay, that pissed me off. And that there, like, you're not even listening. And not people, thinking about it, not taking it. Because, that's, because level. that's the wave right now, bro. The yeah. wave is like pointing out how offended you are and how woke you are Who's to the most that somebody is saying something that is potentially dangerous. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, if you knew what he was saying in context and that, and he, I, when I, we talked earlier about how he's un, unapologetic about his flaws, he was saying in that song too, like, you know, now I see women uh, as something to nurture instead of something, Not something to conquer. To conquer. Ooh, yeah, like he was sad, talking man. about the contrast, like niggas going to look at my daughter the way I used to look at women and objectify mm -hmm. and seek to do whatever. And I'm like, so that evolution in him and just that growth and maturity and how he's unapologetic about the fact that he, he was a flawed man, like all of us are. And, and he's, you know what I mean? Like to me, that's, that's big. That's major progress. So, yeah. And it yeah. was totally, I, on, I gotta, totally, I gotta, totally I gotta, skipped I gotta over. stop y'all right real quick because I'm gonna be honest. I'm feeling a little left out because I definitely disregarded that album, so I don't have any context of what y'all talking about. Bro. Oh, no. oh yeah, you listen to it like one time through super fast. I think, I think that was the that was the the Kanye where he had just started um, wearing a red hat, and I I definitely disregarded that. Moment. <laughs> definitely disregarded. Well, you that. were those people Did... he was talking about that they called. Whoa, him whoa, hold on, hold on. <laughs> what do you mean, you people? Hold on, no, 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 we not, we not doing that. I didn't say it. You, you know, you were, you were, you were, you were, you were, you people. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, 
I'm him, bro. I'm him. I'm, I'm, him. I'm him. All right. All right. All right. Uh, that's funny. That's funny. Man, no, man, I, I love. Yo, do you want to pause? Do you want to pause into, and listen to the song real quick? No, it's a good song. Oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, but not. Yeah, but uh, yeah. but no, I, I love what Kanye was talking about, man. Just like that, basically, he's talking about the the herd mentality that we that we experience here in, in this world. And so, folks yeah. like us, a lot of folks that listen to this podcast are thinkers, and yeah. we we sit back and we evaluate and we critically think through things. But um, and this is something that I was reading um, literally, I think this might have been yesterday. I'm, I've been reading the, the it's called the Kabbalion and it's basically the seven hermetic um, principles. Right. And so the laws um, of nature, laws of nature, bro, laws of the universe. And so I think I, I don't even know it. I think this is the chapter of causation, um, but it, it says the majority of people are more or less slaves of heredity, environment. Uh, etc. So they they manifest very little freedom. They are swayed by the opinions, customs, and thoughts of the outside world, and also their emotions, moods, feelings, etc. They manifest no mastery worthy of the name. They repudiate the, this assertion by saying, I'm certainly free to act and do as I please, and I do just what I want to do, but they fail to explain whence arised I, um, I want to and as I please. So basically what it's saying is, People that are judging Kanye and saying, yo, you crazy, and they're just, and they disregard people that think forward and think outside of the norms, they slap that label on them, right? And they'll even slap that label on us for saying some stuff that's outside of the norm, right? Mm -hmm. And and if we don't, if we don't pay attention, we start to do that to ourselves and to and to each other. You know what I mean? But it's just like when somebody, so it makes me think like when I start to hear ideas that are so-called radical or just out of the box, I gotta stop myself from saying, yo, this nigga's crazy. You know what I mean? Right, right, it's gotta right. be like, you know what? You might be right. <laughs> you, know what, you know what it is for me too? Like I used to kind of uh, see it as a flaw in Kanye that he seemed to care so much uh, with all his success that he still cares so much how he was portrayed and, and what mm. the media thought about. Cause I, I used to think you've achieved so much. Like if I achieve, half of what you have i wouldn't give a damn what nobody says but then it got to me what he just said you're not just gonna label me crazy this and that that's less of an indictment against him and more so against the overwhelming society because he knows how impressionable the average person is right. you're not gonna ruin everything i'm doing by right. putting these labels upon me to the masses of people that can't right. think for themselves like aren't thinking you know what i mean for sure. So, so i really respect him and for for standing his ground and fighting for that because in his profession especially um, you know, influences everything. That there's a certain value that comes with that. And not only that, but like the, the in, in the in part one, he talked about the true value of what or or what he really found valuable. You know, not spend, not having the nine billion to spend, but going somewhere and not having to spend any money at all. Yeah, getting picked yeah. up by homeboy from uh, whatever that fashion house is, and yeah. he went to Paris and he only had like a little bag and. He was like, oh, homeboy, C the CEO took me over to whatever it was. And, yo, he didn't ask for anything. You know what I'm saying? You can yeah. go live over here. You can go sit over there. But it's going to be really difficult if, you know, not if even if people know you are not crazy, like, like Dave Chappelle, they just can't be publicly facing with you. You know, companies yeah. can't be supporting you or people can't go into business with you because of the image and things like that. And to really try to tarnish his image has been a political ploy that, yeah, he is fighting against, man. And it's it's. Uh, this I think this uh, this drink champs um, interview really really was the 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 biggest force against that. 
because oh, yeah. despite all of his other interviews, despite him trying to clear his name and trying to, you know, talk about how he how he has been, our our our, our community hasn't really been having it much, man. People have still written him off. But this one, this one really, really was part of his redemption story or the beginning of his redemption story, I feel like, you know? Yeah. Bro. That's real. He just he just put ideas on on display that were so beautiful. And that idea what you're talking about, Oba, is just like your money is not good here. Because right. at, at, because at, because we all know that money is is worthless, right? It's just right. It, the, the value it is based upon the perception of everybody else. Mm-hmm. And if we if we break down what money is, it's just a compensation for energy. Right. Like you put in so much energy in something, and then it has a, a value to it. Yes, sir. But then when you are the value. Like when you are a celebrity, you get free shit all the time. People will give you their stuff for free because your energy will attract other people and other eyes. And then that energy will turn into other people's energy and they'll pay money for that product. And so what Kanye is telling everybody, you know, when he was, and this wasn't on this part, it was on part one, what you're talking about, Oba, but this is a point because, yo, this is energy. Like money is energy. We got to stop looking at money as like something that, everybody needs and we need to die for and kill for like nah it's just energy and if you if you are the energy you don't need that hmm. you know what i mean it's just it's a it's a beautiful thing it's so many beautiful points that he brought out you know in his interview and it seems like kanye i don't want to say he's fully evolved but it was very apparent that things are like coming full circle and it's one of those things where i felt like he was going to get here anyway uh, when he was when he would when he had on the red cap and he was in Trump's office and when everybody was really writing him off and calling him crazy, um, I think I said it in the in in that episode that I did, but also and also wrote an article about it. But like I always felt like Kanye was never crazy. He always knew exactly what he wanted because he had a plan. When he went to the White House, he was telling folks he was trying to start the Donda Institute. He was mm-hmm. trying to get tax benefits. Like he was trying to position himself to execute his plan. So Kanye has always had a plan and he's always, you know, went crazy, went on Twitter went and, and start ranting when he had a shoe coming out, when he had a clothing <laughs> on, like everything has always been strategic, strategic chaos, insanity. <laughs> so like now that the control chaos has like finally worked and, and now he's not finally, but like it worked to the level of I'm nine Billy crazy. Now he can just look back and look at all the haters and be like, Y'all don't know what the hell y'all talking about. Like y'all really don't know. Y'all all y'all was wrong. Everybody was wrong. You know what I mean? That's 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 a beautiful flex, man. When you I call it evolution, it. when you call it evolution, do you think that he grew as in, you know, the stimulus or the feedback that he got when he was 50 million dollars in debt or when he was um in the Trump Tower with that blonde hair or when he went over to the White House with that, you know, dragon energy talk? Do you think all he he grew from that, or are we as a culture realizing that this person is who we are seeing now? You get what I'm asking? I'm yeah. like, is this a growth or is this just the culture catching up? I feel like it's a growth. I feel like it's a, a full circle moment because Kanye has always been Kanye. Right. right? That's what like I'm he's yeah. he's always feel like been, a change. No, so but it's it's just an evolution. It's not like a new guy. It's not like oh he's he's turned a new league. Uh, he's just evolved. Like Kanye started out as Jesus walks. Mm-hmm. So where he's at right now, making a Christian out al- a fully Christian album, what twenty some years, eighteen to twenty years removed from Jesus walks. It's not. Right. 
So it's still him. It's just he went through his his journey of getting okay. right, right, right. In my opinion, I don't know. I, I don't. That, so that's why I say right. it's an evolution because I don't think Kanye is any different than what he was or who who he has been. He's just went through different stages. That's what I wanted to clarify. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, that too. For sure. Now that 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 red hat stage, it was a nasty. You know, in, in my opinion, you know, I I ain't like it. You know, and that's just me. It don't really matter to the the end result of what he's become but that was a nasty stage but at the end of the day he's come out and he he didn't lose because of it he didn't fail because of it so that's really all that matters at the end of the day so uh, but that's that's life though don't we all have ugly stages in life where you you just gotta go through some stuff you just gotta you know some folks it's a it's a whole phase some folks it's a it's a you know it's 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 a whole broke phase or it's a broke phase it could be a, a multiple religion phase. Like we all have different phases of life that we go through. And in certain mm-hmm. people that meet us in those points of life, they kind of look at us still as that way. And we might be, yes. and, that, and yes. that perception is stuck in that person's mind. Now that was five years ago. I don't know why you're still looking at me like that, but I understand yeah. it because you start fucking with me at that point. And so. <laughs> I, would, I would say, I think Kanye became who he is now, like the closest to who he is now. The moment he stopped apologizing for the the Taylor Swift stuff, right? Because that's what 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 let me know at that point is that he doesn't care about being the bad guy. He doesn't care if he's hated. He doesn't care if you if he doesn't care about sounding stupid sometimes. Like mm-hmm. he reached a point where he's so comfortable that I might sound like an idiot sometimes, and it's okay because I'm still winning and I'm still going. Like when he stopped trying to be a politician, when he stopped going on Jimmy Kimmel to apologize about. How his mom would feel if she saw him say this, right? Like mm-hmm. when he stopped all that, all the charades and stuff, and said, "I'm gonna just be me and forget who don't like it." Like that's when that's the type of energy that that I respect the most, and, and he's coming into his own with that. So I can respect that. Absolutely, yeah. that's a fact. That's a fact. I, and I also think that that's core. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. I think that is correlated with income as well. You know, I don't know how closely related they are, but I was reading an article that talked about how the uh, the average quality of life is not after 75K, there isn't a significant increase in quality of life, no matter how much you make. Right. And, you know, when it comes to just like make Maslow's hierarchy, but what the difference is, in my opinion, is self-actualization. Right. Like when you really are failing, that has... That has to, when you're 50 mil down, that has to affect your outlook on life, but maintaining it. And he was, I remember he said in the interview, he was like, sometimes you're not going to, you're not going to diminish my light just because I'm wrong. If I'm going to be wrong, I'm just going to still, I'm still going to be wrong. And I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what I mean? I'm going to take that wrongness and you're still not going to be able to tell me nothing, even if I'm wrong, because you're not going to diminish my light. And I really, really respect that. And there has to be like that quality of, of just quality of really understanding and valuing uh your your life and your experiences when you know that you stick you stuck to something and it flipped and it now you're in the you know now you're in the black oh, way but, in the black <laughs> oh but that's 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 a great segue into this next clip you're talking about being 53 mil down but knowing that even if you 53 mil down you never down and I, I think this realization right here when I play this clip this is a realization where Kanye knows like oh it's up like it's never down it's always mm-hmm. up I, I, I used to say I was young Vladimir until I realized I was Vladimir. You know the moment when I realized that it was? When I realized that culture is an oil. Mm-hmm. Culture is an energy. 
And I'm the king of culture for the past 20 and the next 2,000 years. Culture is the oil. I love that. So if he's the king of culture and he can move culture, he knows that money, he's, that, that energy is going to flow. Mm-hmm. And that energy is going to come back in the form of dollars in our, in our economy. But yeah, he, he could have been, he was 53 mil down, but then he realized because he's the king of culture, I could drop a shoe. I could drop some clothes. I could put on, I know what I can do when I put on the show, mm-hmm. when I, when I plan a tour. And so well, when you associate your, your company with my name, what, what did, what it does to your stocks? That part. Right. That part, bro. Right. It has nothing to do with his investment. It has to do with who he is, what he's been able to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like. This is such an obvious representation of you, know, you can take anything from me. I'm still going to make it. You know what I mean? Like, I, no, no matter what you, no matter what kind of scandal, no matter what kind of money you take from me, because I am who I am, I'll always be able to make it back. And that's that's powerful, man. That's yeah. that's a dangerous place to be, yo. For him to know that my like the respect that the people have for me and my level of influence and charisma is worth more than whatever I owe right now. Mm, <laughs> it's, mm, it's crazy. Mm. You know what I mean? It really is, yo. Yeah. So let's let's get into this this next quote, um, the next clip, I should say. Um, very socks and sandily. Uh, without further ado, let's dive into it. Everyone, you got what I'm saying? Everything is equal. I'm not uh, uh, a person, a black person in America can't be labeled with something against another minority. I think that's unfair. And it's not even really about anti-Semitic. It's not a matter of, do oh, you hate Jews? No, it's a matter of control. It's a matter of the fact that blacks work for Jews, Jewish people, and blacks are Jews. <laughs> blacks are blood of Christ. Blacks are Hebrews, the 12 lost tribes. Of Jew- you know, and that we don't know this. And it's like, bro, these is like, these is facts, bro, but it, it's up, man. Everything happened for a reason. Because I'll be thinking, I'm like. So it is that clip right there. Um, as I was reviewing this again, I had to call both of y'all. I was like, yo, we have to talk about this point because um, I feel like this is a, a quote, a part of a, a clip that would rarely get called out, would rarely get analyzed um, with the general public. But that's why we exist here at Sox and Santa, right? So um, I had to I had to call up my brother Mondo, man, because uh, I, I know you're an expert um, in comparison oh, to, I, I know you don't want me to call you that, but you are an expert <laughs> in comparison to the general public, to the masses, bro. You know what I mean? You are, I don't want to say, call you a five percenter, but you're upper echelon with your knowledge on this, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, in, in comparison to the, to the general public, bro. Hey, so, you, you can say it. I won't say that. but No uh, doubt. No doubt, bro. So, so when you hear him talk about, you know, uh, anti-Semitism, how, you know, two minority groups trying to get pitted, people are trying to pit minority groups, so-called minority groups against each other. Um, and Jew, Jewish versus the Jews and the blood of Christ. What decoded for the people? What is what is Kanye talking about, bro? Well, it, he understands the irony and the like the hypocrisy behind claiming that a so-called black man in America who is coming into his own and understanding that yes, I'm I'm an Israelite, you know what I mean? And the the irony in calling that anti-Semitic. Is, is so backwards being that we're actually the Hebrew people. You know what I mean? And, and so, but here's the thing though too, like 
I'm not even, I don't know if he's up at this point yet, but the so-called Jewish people, you know, the white people calling themselves Jews or whatever, Ashkenazi and, and that sort of thing, they're Shemitic people too, right? Mm-hmm. Because they also came from, from Shem, even if you understand the biblical narrative, but they're not Jews. They didn't come from the lineage of, of, of Israel. You know what I mean? So um, it, it's, I don't know, it, it's deep and it's complex, but I like that he's at a point where there's knowledge where he doesn't mind saying that to, to say that I'm anti-Semitic, that's impossible. I'd be, you'd be saying that I'm talking about myself to say that and I'm not doing that, right? Me saying I am who I am is not anti-Semitic, but they have to label it that way to continue to, to continue to control, to continue to keep that, that, that social hierarchy. No, no, you can't claim what we have. The Jewish people own banks and Hollywood and the music industry. You're not one of us. We own you. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so he's stepping out of that paradigm saying, no, 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 no. You're not going to completely hijack my culture forever. I know who I am and I'm taking it back. So yeah, all credit and respect to him for that. Um, I noticed it got real quiet in that room <laughs> when he was talking. Like nobody wanted to say nothing. They're like, "Hey, he about to get us in trouble, man!" Like we probably were both. Diddy got connections with Viacom. Like, let's just keep yeah. it on a hush right now. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, but no, I respect that. He he had said twelve tribes of Judah, which what he meant to say is twelve tribes of Israel. Judah is just one tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know the lineage that Christ represented and King David and all of that. Um, but yeah, no, mad respect to him for that. I, I like his, his evolution in that, and that he's sad, like sadly as it, as it's put though too, is like, he's not the only black celebrity that, that understands these things. He's just somebody that's reached a level of success and is passionate enough where he don't mind speaking his mind. But there's so many others that like, you'll catch some little interviews here and there that'll drop a little, you know what I'm saying? Like they know something, but they can't be free about it because they still depend on, you know, the so-called Jewish man to to pay their salary, but mm-hmm. I like where he, what he's become as inspiring. So you know, with him saying this, uh, and you did you did bring up uh, Nick Cannon. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. I'm honestly, I don't even remember exactly what Nick Cannon said. That came. Do you remember what Nick Cannon said? And then he had to go on that you know kind of apology tour of not being uh, anti-Semitic and all that. Uh, I think I don't remember verbatim what he said, but it was along the same lines. It's basically saying that, you know, the um, so-called black, you know, Americans or whatnot and um, um, melanated people of other regions as well. Not every region, but certain other regions are indeed the Semitic people mm-hmm. um, do descend from the 12 patriarchs that the scriptures speak of. Um, and they just wasn't having that, like not on that type of like he, I think, has too many too much success, you know, on MTV which is owned by Jewish people for him to talk like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And for him to, I don't know, like, so, so that's, that, that's the way I remember it. I mean, he might've said something. I think he went a little harder too, like in talking about white people, I think he had called him like, you know, barbaric or some stuff he was saying that like, it was a little bit, you oh, know, he was like, getting with the, he had the adjectives. Yeah. Him. He started. So I think that made some people uncomfortable too, but yeah, I don't know. So yeah, I think he went a little extra with it, but still like, He's not as free as Kanye is, you know what I mean? So there's a difference. Yeah. Yeah, bro. It's just, you know, when it, so this is, it kind of ties into, uh, you know, Chappelle when he had the space Jews joke, Yeah. but it was, he wasn't, nobody really caught it. And so this kind of lends to that joke as far as when, when black people that, you know, folks that, study the scriptures to an extent and, and for those that want like a deeper dive on this 
go back to episode 75, Religion Worldview, Hebrew Israelite episode with brother, um, our brother, our good brother, Tony Mondo and our good brother, Orlando Williams. Um, he breaks it down, the Hebrew Israelite um, religion, uh, worldview, I should say worldview, I should say, you know, and so, um, and, it, and it gets into the history of who the true Hebrews of the scriptures of the Bible, who they are. Um, now it is it is something that I wholeheartedly have believed. I have become more skeptical than a believer, uh, you know, in in my more recent days. But still, if I was to believe in the scriptures in any form or fashion, I feel like as a black person, as a you know, as a melanated person of from someone that is called black or African-American uh, in the context of, of America, you should look at the scriptures in, through this lens. <laughs> and that's the Hebrew Israelite lens because looking at it any other way, the scriptures don't make sense. Um, and and there's, there's more indications of truth and, and historical accuracy when you look at it from that lens. Um, and so I don't know if you, how deep you would wanna get into it, Mondo, but like, can you kind of break it down as far as like why um, folks come to the conclusion, whether it's yourself, Orlando, or anyone else that ascribes to the to the Hebrew Israelite worldview, um, what what leads folks to come to this realization, and what what would lead Kanye to even say we are the blood of Christ, we are the the true Hebrews? Um, well, I don't know all what Kanye knows and how deep he's gone into it. There's even other factions of of Hebrew Israelites, like even within. The community of those of us who understand that there's still different beliefs among you know uh, as there is with anything but uh one of the cornerstones of it i guess would be and what was once the book of moses now um the book of deuteronomy one of the five the last of the five books of the, um, the torah um and deuteronomy chapter 28 um and verse 56 it speaks of us being taken away again to egypt and ships. Now, you know, from the land that they were in, you can't go into Egypt with ships because it's it was all desert land. Egypt was also a representation of bondage, right? And there's so many other there are prophecies that speak of us, you know, bearing children and not being able to enjoy them, having an iron yoke about our necks, uh, building a house and not being able to live into it. And you might say to yourself, oh, well, a lot of people have been slaves in different eras and throughout world history, but it speaks specifically about the, the, the curses that have repeated themselves with the Israelite people. First, when we were enslaved to, um, um, you know, the, the Egyptians and Babylonian captivity under Nebuchadnezzar, and then later on, under the Grecians, and then later under the Romans, which a lot of the people that enslaved us in the transatlantic slave trade are still descendants from ancient Rome as well. So it, it all brings, you know, full circle. Um, there's some other elements too that are, I don't know how deep we want to get into it, that why we would understand that, you know, we are um, who the scriptures say that we are. Uh, it also speaks of the most high saying, you know, in the book of Revelation that he knows the blasphemy of those who pertain to be Jews, but are not, but are actually of the synagogue of Satan. Don't get mad at me, but this is what the scripture says about the mass of people that identify that's, that's, that. That's Revelation. Sure. Yeah, have, have the world believing that there's something. Uh, mm-hmm. It also speaks of us being an undesired people that no one would ch- that choose you, but the most I will. If you look at um, the the level of, of like the how destitute we are as a people, I mean, it speaks to those prophecies. Like when you look at all the different prophecies that line up and I mean, not just the prophet, like that works for us that have faith. I can look at the prophecies and know what's what. But if you're somebody that needs like something a little more tangible, you can look at the old maps right like there's literally old ancient maps after 70 AD when we migrated 
that into certain parts of West Africa and Benin and Togo and, and Ghana and these other regions where there's an area that was literally called Kingdom of Judah, right? Kingdom of Judah, where we had like settled. And later on, when these maps were revised, like you see in that same area, it's called Negro land. And then also the slave coast. And over, you might be able to speak more to the landscape over there because I'm not as well versed in just knowing the regions and where and what's what, but I've got the old maps too that would that would corroborate these stories as well too. And that when they were, you know, selling off what other people would believe are other Africans are actually selling off, you know, Hebrew people based on mm. prophecy and based on, you know. Based on the history that I know they, because they were the outsiders and, yeah. and, you know, and slavery was, we're not gonna have to do, you know, we're not talking about how different slavery was for African nations than it was for, uh, uh, for, for European people, but it was, it was a very, very different, they were a different people. You know, uh, the, the kingdom of Judah was not a, I don't think it was a stationary kingdom as I understand it to be, you know, um, it was, it, it had some migrate, mi uh, it migrated, you know, either down the coast or it, it moved um, either yes. because of cataclysms when it came to the, you know, the earth shifting and, and things like that, or if, if, if it were just political, but I know that there, there's definitely some, some history there that has not been um, exposed properly. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it also speaks of, you know, there's a lot of prophecies that indicate America as um, <laughs> as like a modern day Babylon. Um, even like, look at our, Baby our, London. You heard it, it, have you heard of that? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So and that sort of thing, it speaks of and it, people. If you understand the biblical narrative, too, you know that at the time of Nebuchadnezzar, um, nine of the, the tribes of Israel were, went into captivity first and they left. All right. They left into a land where nobody else was. Um, and then later on, the last three tribes, Judah, Benjamin, and Levi, which are all sort of con like condensed as the kingdom of Judah, our captivity was, was later. So and this speaks of us all being in the same place, relatively speaking, upon the return of the Messiah. So if you, you know, believe in the, the biblical narrative, then uh, you believe that all these tribes are in the same place. And it cannot be somebody who has power over all these other nations. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I think he, I don't know how deep Kanye has got into it, but I, I definitely believe that He's coming into his own with that. Um, you know, it's not a popular view. Uh, it's not as inclusive as so-called Christianity is. Um, but, you know, yeah, we have history to, to support it for sure. Mm. Now, that, that is a uh, that's that's a whole nother pod right there. So we can only go so far into that, man. But I, I'm, I'm glad we are able to touch on that, um, you know, somewhat intelligently, uh, informatively, because is is very important to the conversation especially in black america uh and when you have folks like you know kendrick lamar speaking about it from time to time kanye west and and others like you said and even you know nick cannon was trying to speak on it but folks is trying to get that message out but you gotta you're walking on eggshells with that one because of the because of the power structure as kanye said as dave chappelle's talking about as he alludes to in his space Jews jokes talking about the the power structure of that group Right. So, yeah. And that, and that joke, and yeah, going back, it looked, I, I know that wasn't a joke that you were a fan of, you thought, especially him bringing it up twice. But it was, I think that was his versions of, of that was Dave Chappelle's version of Kanye saying, I'm going to do everything I can to get canceled today. Mm. And I'm going to show you all that I'm going to still stick around. So not only did he do that cheesy, and it was a cheesy joke, he didn't even put energy into the space Jews. You know what I'm saying? Like the joke was mad cheesy, especially doing it twice, but it was really their, their middle finger to the, to the power structure that is. I, you know? I didn't, I don't, I don't know if I felt, maybe I did feel a way. I don't think I felt a way about it. It was just, I was amazed 
that he got that off cleanly. I, I felt oh, like that I, I was didn't the, feel, okay. We got to go back. That was, a, that was a, just like uh, you're like really, man. Okay, space shoes, ha ha, whatever. It nah, felt I, like oh, okay, okay. Excuse me. I don't know. Maybe I, I think I might have. I, I might have said that at one point when I when I first heard it, but um. I, th- I think maybe it was maybe it was with you, Mondo, when I was talking, I was like, man, I'm surprised that he got that off. Like it was like a masterpiece of how he could talk about all these things. Cause I think I think I was telling you, Mondo, like that's gonna be his potentially his next crusade because he's on this mission of getting canceled. Uh mm. quote unquote canceled, but it's like more of a marketing ploy. Like, I'm gonna push the envelope as far as I can. And so he pushed it with the LGBT. And now his next frontier, like what else could he tackle in his next frontier, in my opinion? would be Jews Hmm. for whatever reason why he wants to push it that's on him but I'm thinking like what's the next category that Dave Chappelle could push that no one else like is the last frontier you know what I mean so it'd be courageous of him I don't don't see him doing that I don't think he has a need to but I don't think he needs to either but (laughs) yeah I don't think he need to do a lot of things but he you know he does what he wants so oh yeah um but speaking of canceling uh do y'all got time for two more clips absolutely all right, so let's let's get into Kanye's clip that a little bit kind of alluded to uh, Dave Chappelle and how y'all gonna cancel these fellas, man? Because at the end of the day, we know that cats that have control, economic control um, of their empires, they can't really be canceled. <laughs> I don't know. I did see Chappelle after <laughs> Chappelle's controversy because obviously you heard about the controversy they, they really trying to cancel it man if they don't get the fuck up out of here bro yeah. it's like yeah. try man bro what cancel what what cancel what we canceling out here mm-hmm. it, it was the stranger things commercial uh where um Dave Chappelle was in it. I don't know if you saw it, but the girl was like blowing people through the wall and shit or something like that. Maybe that's the wrong terminology. This girl, (laughs) using her mind (laughs) to telekinetically push people through air. And um, Dave Chappelle jumps out. He says, do me, do me. Man, enough of this shit already, boy. Y'all just wait till someone ain't affecting the stock and y'all just take them out one by one to put impose fear on anybody with freedom of thought. Well, I smack the shit out you when I see. Don't tell me what the fuck to do ever in your life, boy. None of y'all Hollywood plant-ass niggas tell none of us what we do. This our coaching now. Hey, I'm going to pause this, but I love what he said. Niggas, it reminded me, uh, it reminded me of the Boondocks joint, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the Boondogs joint when it was a uh, MLK, like yeah. you niggas, I'm going to Canada. <laughs> oh, let, me, let me play the rest of this though. It's up. You can't cancel none of us. It's up, boy. And all of y'all scared niggas that's running around doing what these Hollywood niggas telling you to do. Fuck y'all, man. It's up. Y'all either is about. Our culture that we grew up about, or you about yourself, selfish, scared ass house niggas. Damn. So they canceling or what? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel you. I feel you, Nori. What they what they canceling, bro? You said you either about the culture or you or you selfish. Simply put, bro. How y'all feel? How y'all feel? React. <laughs> 
<laughs> Yo, I really think that the industry, I mean, it it talks about something that I think is so rare and it really is that there are people that are paid. It, it's, you know, it's in the 40 year laws of power. You know what I mean? Like you make sure that you're, you have controlled opposition. You make sure that the people that you're letting, you know, quote unquote in, they are the ones that you can trust, you know? Um, yeah. Your Obamas and your OJs, or your Obamas and your Oprahs, like those are the ones that there's like, okay, as long as you play ball, as long as you stick with the plan, blah, 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 you'll be all right. And that has been leading, you know, until, yeah, man, I, until we have we have the people that we have in our generation really kind of, and it's not, I'm sorry. It was, it was the, the, the counterculture and black culture has been happening way before. But I think that this black boule is really, uh, uh, this iteration of it is, uh, is dangerous. And really seeing people, you know, pitted against it is refreshing, especially when it's the people that the system is benefiting off of. Because the system isn't going to stop dealing with Kanye when it comes to making money. The system can't cancel him because he's too, he's too valuable Favorite. as yeah. an entity, right? So they have to still play with him, despite the fact that he's saying all these things. And I can't, I can't wait to see what you know, like what people pay attention to. I, I really look forward to it. What I, what I see in that clip is, is I don't know, like everything that he's gone through and how crazy everyone said made him out to be, and this and that, and Kanye, he's wacko now. And when his mom died, this, all these narratives mm -hmm. that people mm -hmm. make about him, right? I think he's gone through all that. He's weathered the storm and reached a level that rarely anybody is ever going to attain. And so he's got an air of resentment about him. Like all you simple ass niggas mm. that was talking that shit about me. Look at where I'm at and look where you're at because mm. you're okay being a slave and I'm not. Right. right. <laughs> like right. I, I love the energy. Like normally I don't like him being arrogant, but be, knowing what he's been through and how th this is like his, it's almost like a victory lap for him. You know what I mean? He's saying, look at us. You can't cancel me now. You can get canceled because you play by right, the Right, right, right. When they want to. I can't be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was it was like a, bro, I literally, um, I literally got out the car. Like, I was, when, when me, you, and Jesse went out that night, mm -hmm. uh, I was listening to this in the car, and this was like the last thing I heard before I came in Rialto, bro. Yeah. And I was like, and that's what I was talking. I was asking if y'all watched it, bro. This this invigorated me so much, bro. Yeah. Just to hear like what you're saying, like you can hear the freedom and the the victory, and like he just overcame everything, bro. Yeah. Like, what are you gonna tell him? <laughs> and he's and and if we keep it a buck, he's been doing the right things for the right reasons. Yeah. Now, the way that he goes about it has not been pretty. Like I said, the red cap era, I, hey. <laughs> that's, that's that's not for me. I'm not gonna be like, hey son, yeah, do it, do it what Kanye did. No, no, no. But but he's been doing the right things for the right reasons, buying land, yeah. right? Create trying to create sustainability, right? Like getting his masters, being about ownership, pushing for um positions in the boardroom, like all of the things that he's been doing, it's been for the betterment of our people. He's he's setting a president for us. Yeah. And so that he can free. And then when he, cause a lot of times when folks get in this, in this era of, you know, multimillionaire billionaire status, they don't talk that shit. Like they keep to themselves and they just play ball. Yeah. And I love that. He's not playing ball. Like nigga, I am the game. I am culture. I am what y'all want. 
and but I'm not controlled by y'all. And it's just it's beautiful to hear him talk. Oh yeah, he's showing people what's possible too. I'm not saying everybody can be Kanye, but he's showing you the type of freedom that comes along with when you're no longer willing to play the game that's been made for you to play. When you want to play it on your terms, you know what I mean? Like, and he's and he's breaking down that self-made. I'm a I'm a do me and I'm a stunt and all that. Like I I hate that shit about black culture, bro. I hate that like yeah. you just get your money and you do you and nobody should have anything to say about how you live your life in a and just show just all decadence and just balling this and spinning it and I I, I spin it because I got it. Like, bro, yeah. what is that doing for us? Exactly. Like you could have a good time. Maybe, maybe your maybe your kids will be all right if you invest your money wisely. But what precedent is that setting? And if you if you're if you're making money at the expense of your culture, you're not doing anything. Yeah. It's a waste of time, it's a waste of energy. And we gonna all gonna have to pick up and do some something totally different. And we cannot ride off that energy as a people if you just do it all for self and you just wasted among you and a few other people it's a fact but what kanye is doing is like yo if you he's setting he's setting a new standard like like the standard that we run under in america and and as black people is the standard of whiteness which is which is a a myth of rugged individualist and you get it on your own you're self-made and you do you and he's like nah bro if you not for the culture, we not rocking. We not we not gonna put you on that pedestal. Yeah. You not you not gonna be one of the upper echelon of of blackness moving forward. That's what I feel like he's trying to do. That's the message that that, that well, I got from him in that clip. Well, I think too. What to, to add to what you're saying too? I think he's in a way with his level of influence, he's redefining what it means to be so called for the culture of yes. the culture. Because because like you were saying, it's no longer about showing us your little ice or your grill or whatever. Okay, that's cool, but you got 12,000 acres in Wyoming and you got these businesses, you speaking with like, you, you building multiple brands upon brands upon brands, you're employing your people. Like he's doing things that, like you said, are gonna help for not only for his generational wealth, but through the liberation of so many of our people. That's a real stunt, that's a real flex. That's you know, a real really? flex. So, so yeah, I can respect it. Yeah, bro, that's the that's the realest flex, bro. Um, This last clip, this is the last one. Um, You know, it talks about basically folks embracing change and it kind of it builds on the whole calling him crazy and calling innovators crazy um just basically trying to dead that narrative right so let's go ahead and get into it real quick Yo, go ahead go ahead bro what's up who was that dude's name um on tmz the brother that said he was personally hurt van that was <laughs> It's, it's, it's people like him <laughs> that he's talking about, you know what I mean? Like, remember when, he was oh. like, remember when he was like, slavery, that sounded like a choice to me. And everybody killed him. Everybody was like, oh, you're crazy. He's a coon. He's this, he's that. Yeah. But they weren't willing to actually try and see what he's saying. Like, okay, I'm not saying that all those slaves that they chose, but especially in 2020 or whenever it was, like, you're making the mental choice that you're going to be controlled by people. You know what I'm saying? He was actually saying something deeper, but the brother was, I'm so hurt and disappointed by you, Kanye. Like, he was almost about to cry. <laughs> I'm just like, my guy, like, I just, I love that Kanye is unapologetic now, man. It, it exposes the industry. It exposes brothers and how we need to be better. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, get like, he's got, he's on his get like me energy. 
I love it. Well, my 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 thing is more about elegance and education. <clears throat> Let me educate you niggas with this outfit. <laughs> when I when I put because that's what it do. Because two three years later, niggas be doing that fit. Or when we did the foam runners, I've been like, yo, we need to not have laces. Because like what what Nike would do is. Uh, let's get all the influencers to bring Force Ones back, and it comes back. The Force Ones come back like Black History Month come back. And for me, as a, de- a designer, you know, we don't need the Force Ones come back. No offense to anybody who got Force Ones. I'm just saying, man, fuck them Force Ones and fuck them old-ass designs, man. We're going to be stuck in a loop if we don't design new things and embrace new ideas. But we're programmed to have Chris Brown dissing my haircut. You get what I'm saying? We're programmed to have people dissing something new. How can we ever change something if we don't start on a new one? I said with Cube, he said, like, man, what's, what's been happening? Been working. He'll meet with Trump. And then they'll cancel him. Man, fuck out of here. Y'all, y'all need to give me the proper, proper fucking, I want to be hung over a motherfucking doorknob and killed. And y'all say that I fucking went crazy and got doped out. But y'all ain't going to stop fucking with me and stop fucking with Cube and stop fucking with Deja Pell or anybody that's black in a position of power that got an opinion. Y'all going to stop fucking with us. Come and get me. Mm. My nigga, come and get me. Me, me, me. I do it. No, nobody else. Me, come and get me. I like Trump. Yeah, I said it. I'm rocking with Trump. I never vote Democrat. Do y'all actually do something that changes something? Now, when we come together and voters are blocked, like Dr. Claude Anderson said, the Democrats, they're going to be forced to do it. They ain't, they ain't going to just give it to us. China ain't going to just give it to us. They ain't gonna have it to us. They'll just show you somebody that look like us and get 94% of the black vote, and we just give it to them. We're just so happy just to see somebody that we think is us. That we think like Kamala don't know her daddy or black daddy like that. Y'all ain't doing no research on this. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, this is good for your daughters. Oh, no, it's not. North ain't finna be rolling with that. And and if they took me out right after this, bet you North front it after this interview. So man, you know what I'm saying? Y'all was coming at Cube. Y'all meaning the internet. <laughs> like, y'all was coming at Cube for meeting with. So we can't meet, we can't have a conversation. Y'all stupid motherfuckers. What the fuck is wrong with you? This man, Cube, is educated. This man was an architect. This man done did movies. Poison you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Friday. Mm-hmm. And this man not allowed to meet with the president, or he not black no more. Well, I'm not black no more either. Like, they try to take my black. So George Bush don't care about black people. Black Obama black a little bit, black right? A little bit. Like, Obama had beef. I don't, I got, I don't have beef. With Obama, he just worked for them people. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He just worked for them, man. He just got a job. We all got a job to do. They do it wouldn't be challenging in the video game if it wasn't, you know, invisible black people working for the other side, this and that. Other side meaning not God's side. Mm. Jesus, Jesus, Lord. <laughs> 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 You know, the, way Nori, the way Nori reacted, like point by point two seconds, was hilarious. You know? What is going on? I want to know what's in the drinks. He said, "Jesus, <laughs> that was way." Oh my God, bro! Embracing <laughs> new, man. Embracing new. Let me tell you, like black people are some of the most conservative people I know when it comes to embracing new. We really are as a culture, not individual people, because we have our outliers. And those are the people that I always find most interesting. You know what I mean? The the misfits. But we really, as a culture, 
as a representation of black culture, it really hurts me to, to see how, how resistant to exploring new ideas, how resistant we are to seeing all forms of masculinity, how resistant we are to seeing a child have autonomy versus obeying their parents. You know what I'm saying? Like how resistant we are to changing what we know didn't work in our parents' generation because of whatever, how resistant we are to redefining what black cuisine is outside of delicious macaroni and cheese. Delicious, delicious macaroni and cheese and all the things that may not be well suited for our diets. You know what I mean? Like we really, really, and I think at this point in our culture, we, and as, at this point in, in world history, we really have a, an opportunity to redefine what that is. That is gonna be lasting into the generations to come. And, uh, this is a great, great little diet, a little monologue that he, that he, that he had about what to do. You know what I mean? Um, stop, stop ignoring the, the black sheep. Start paying attention to those fit misfits. Stop, stop, stop castigating the people that don't go along with the program the people that can't dress the flies to the people that, you know, aren't as adept at this and the third and really start paying attention to those outliers because I really think that those are the leaders, man. Definitely. That's real. Now he had a couple, I love the correlation to um, Black History Month to, to February oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As, it, as it pertains to what he's trying to do and basically how everything old comes back and they just repackage shit and say, oh, here, you'll like this again, right? True. I, I love the fact that he's like, nah, damn that. Like, I don't want to look forward to that every year. I'm on, my mind is on bigger things now. Like, you, you're going to have to do more, you know, for my affection. And he correlated that. In a, in a perfect segue to the whole democratic, how we vote 94% Democrat and they still don't do shit for us. Like we've been enslaved to just, this is just what we do. We got this system, we do this at this time. We do this at this time for whatever reason. And he's like, I'm off that. Like you better do for me or I'm not doing that. Hold on Mondo, they, in Georgia, they was giving out catfish at the polling station, bro. You mean, you mean oh, to tell bro. me? Yeah, bro. Was it Democrats? <laughs> yeah, the, the Democrats, bro. They said, oh, if you show up to vote, Free catfish? Well, I might have to be Democrat then. If that's, don't don't you know. don't act like you're turning down the catfish, bro. <laughs> I can't eat that. You know, what I mean? that's, that's still an abomination for me. <laughs> but 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 still, if they giving out free fish, for everyone that can't know. see my face, I'm totally joking. Totally joking. <laughs> but that's just it, though. You just you you hit the the nail on the head. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Let me give you these little crumbs. And you'll still be satisfied to do whatever the hell we say that you want to do. We're going to give our real money to all these other organizations and, and stuff that, you know, fund our campaign. So I don't oh, know. Hold on, hold on, bro. But but, but I seen, I, th I think it was Joe Biden. Um, I seen Nancy Pelosi. I seen a lot of them folks. Like they took a knee and they had kente cloth on. So <laughs> I, I feel like they could be on our side, bro. right? The, the sad thing is that so many brothers will say that exactly. Yeah, see, vitamin is real one. He knew with Kaepernick. I'm like, oh, like, oh. <laughs> I'm so done, man. Because I mean, as black folks politically, we don't need policy. We just need optics. I think. <laughs> see, he even killed the optics though. Kanye did. Like, I, that was the only part that I was like, damn, that's a low blow. You speaking truth? But why did he have to kill Kamala's black card that brutally? <laughs> Like mm, damn, yeah. and Obama said Obama's just, it, it was the exact same. He ain't know yeah. his daddy. Why do you have to like what little bit of you know yeah. blackness he could have held on to? Like, yeah, doing that shit. Like I don't know. Take, that, take it that, off the table. <laughs>
Kanye um, he was he he was speaking facts though, but I I do like that part that he opened up with talking about Black History Month because I definitely have, feel a type of way about Black History Month for one that we just focus on the same things that the the power structure celebrates. It's like Slave History Month. Slave much. History, MLK, Rosa Parks, mm-hmm. and like sanitized, whitewashed MLK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not letter from Birmingham jail. What he was spitting about the white moderates and the in the you know the, the Christians that basically um, worked against him. MLK, right? So yeah. So we there's there's so if we talking about black, i.e. African or of African origin, there's a whole lot of history that's being negated during that month. Yeah. Um. But so it's just. It's something that was it's it was good when Carter G. Woodson came up with, you know, Negro History Week and then Black History Month. Okay, that was good for a time. But we do have to move forward and evolve and not continue to have this revolving weak ass history. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that that's not really producing anything of of something that we can be proud of. Like I'm not I'm not proud of Black History Month as a black person in America. You know, why we keep bringing that up? And so what he was saying like we have to embrace change. And sometimes we got to shed those things that no longer serve us. Like it might've served us back then, but it's not serving us right now. Um, so, I, I mean, oh, but I will be honest, my face turned up a little bit when you said black folks are some of the most conservative and we hang on to stuff. But then again, I can, I can say, you know what? It's, it is some things that we just got to get rid of, bro. And so, and, and the things that we have to get rid of are the things that Kanye talked about embracing change, embracing new ideas and not always trying to diss something and come back and snap at each other because somebody did something different, they dress different, they act different, they talk, whatever, you know what I mean? And and going against the grain as it pertains to politics, we definitely need to go against the grain when it comes to politics. Like he said, yes, what Dr. Claude Anderson talked about, us voting as a block. I, I still was blown away that folks was trying to throw Ice Cube under the bus and talk down about, I like of all people yeah. that you could say is not black or not for <laughs> us, y'all gonna go against Ice Cube simply because he went across like partisan lines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. seriously? And it like that, I mean, I know that, you know, a lot of folks are rocked to sleep with this political stuff. And, you know, if you're on one side or the other, you argue against the other as if it really represents you when it doesn't represent you. It's just two sides of white supremacy. But, but the fact that I could witness in the year of our Lord, 2020 or 2019 to see folks really like turn against ice cute black folk, the black community, bro, that blew my mind. And it's like, yo, we are, I don't want to say we're doomed, but that's not a good look, bro. Like we we as a people we have to change that, but I don't I don't see it changing anytime soon. I don't see folks divesting from the political process. At least they just gonna be niggas. Niggas gonna be niggas. That's true. Niggas gonna be niggas. Oh man, it's bad. At, at what point does uh, Mondo? Um, I would love to get your feedback as to. At one point, do we take the Marcus Garvey approach and say, you know, all skin folk and kin folk, you know, we're not trying to, we're not, our liberation isn't for the whole of our group, it's for anyone who is interested in their liberation. And that also goes to, you know, like, who do we associate, who do we team up with? Because I, you know, my time in Portland was four or five years and it, Portland really does make you 
choose. You know what I'm saying? You really got to choose uh, cuz of bloods when you're in Portland. You got to be like blackity, black, black, black when you're in Portland. Um, yeah. And uh, or, excuse me, I felt the need to really represent. And one of the things that I've, that I came into, you know what I'm saying? When renting from black people, when banking with black people as much as possible is the, the culture. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about like that, that, that enculturation of American values has been instilled in black people now too. Living overseas, I've noticed that like, you know, five, 10 years ago when I traveled, gringos were always white people. Gringos were white Americans who just don't know what's going on, you know what I'm saying, in their travels and things like that. And now that I'm seeing more and more black people traveling, I'm seeing more and more black gringos. You know what I'm saying? I'm seeing more people who are just like culturally aloof, who aren't even, you know, cognizant enough of the of the land that they're visiting or of the people that they're trying to do business with. And I always wonder how much at, at what point in our liberative um in what point of our liberative uh trajectory do we make it about like-mindedness more so than skin tone? Oh, but can you break down black gringos? Okay, yeah, gringos is in. <clears throat> so gringos is a term that like when- no, uh, no, I, know what, I know what gringos Okay, is. so so just, I'm saying black gringos as in people who are looking for like, people who have no interest in going to a country and living in that country. You know what I'm saying? Like you're going, not living in that country, but visiting that country for what the country has to offer. So you're going to, let's say you're going to like, um, you're going to Greece versus going to Ghana. You're going to Greece to go take pictures over here and go live in this, then the third, because you can't go do it at home and you don't want to go, you know, support uh, developing countries and things like that. Or somebody that's going to a developing country and wants to live like above their uh, outside of their lifestyle because they can't afford to live the way that they want to live in the States. So they're going to go and take advantage or, or, or take advantage of like a, a developing country and um, employ people at, you know, below nominal rate, uh, but below like uh, humane rates or just talking down to people because they're quote unquote, they're Americanized, you know, they're American. So there's a certain level of like, Nah, I'm not fucking with you. Like, just do what I need you to do because, you know, I'm here on vacation. I'm here to kind of live my life and I'm not here to kind of, I'm not here to to expose myself to a new culture. I'm here to live the way that I want to live in the States, just outside of the States. Yeah. Hope that I make that make sense a little bit. For sure. Yeah. So you're saying it's like people that, that you know, don't have the most fortunate of circumstances collectively in America. So they go somewhere else to try and attain that. And it doesn't even have to be a collection of people. The gringos that I'm talking about are just people that let's say, okay, let's say you go to, let's say you go to Mexico and you're going to Mexico, but you're going to go live and you're going to go stay in like a, like an all you can, like an all inclusive resort. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to go to the people. You're going to stay on the resort. You're not, you're only going to the t-shirt stands and things like that. Like you're not exposing yourself to the culture of the country that you're visiting. You want to live as Americanized as possible outside of America. Get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I guess to a degree, I, I'll be honest, I'm not as well-traveled as i like to be. Hopefully that changes soon. Um, but Amen. I think a lot of it, there's like an unnecessary, um, like uh, like a subconscious fear factor that a lot of us here, here like have for whatever reason, because mm. if you look at modern media, like they never really speak about what's great about all these other countries. So people go there just seeking for an extension of America where I can still feel safe and in my comfort zone. I don't want to go out into the city and actually just meet regular people of this mm. land. You know what I mean? So 
I think I there's a lot, a lot of that. Yeah, I, that's my estimation. But yeah. Okay. Thank you for that feedback, man. I, that's that's definitely. I'm I'm sure that that contributes for sure. But it's uh it's still it's still upsetting to see. And I'm just and I guess the the basic question is like, is it? Yeah, where, where's the where's the delineation between people like minded people and then people that look like you, in your in your particular um, lifestyle or or fight for liberation? Is it more so for you know, either foundationally black people, is it for black people on the whole, or is it for people who are curious about the world and who want to know more about their history and their particular place in it? Because I think that that is a, that is a group that is that, that stretches far beyond what we look like. And, you know, the values might be a little bit different. Well, yeah, I, I, I look at, if I could try to explain it, um, just the way I, I see it on that, just my own perspective on it is, I feel like we do have a duty and obligation to love all of our people, right? And, mm -hmm. and, I try and do that as best I can. But unfortunately, we got to understand too that a vast majority of our people have been poisoned, right? Truly. And it's one of them things is like, everybody can't go, you know what I mean? So like, it's one, like, you don't, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily waste time so much trying to convince everybody as it is to like what you said, more so like-minded people that are on this, those are the people that, that you have to build with. Everybody's not going, you know, so many of us are so many generations into, you know, yeah believing into white supremacy, trusting that I have to uh, subscribe to this side or that side and that trumps being black, you know, for, for or, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And even what Trump's the, Trump's being black. I see what you did there. I see, I see, I see the entendre <laughs> right there. Right? Words. I I <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> little mini bar. No, but uh, yeah. I, I don't know. And even what's considered pro-black now, like you can't even be pro-black unless you, you know, subscribe to all kind of other stuff that now is like, uh, with, with, so it's like, I don't know. Like, I think we got to do for self um, I think the, the family structure is very, very important. You know, mm -hmm. I think black men need to take, you know, ownership of our own families and our communities and, and anything that's that's anti that or that doesn't contribute to, to that, you know, becoming what it needs to be again, I would just throw out, you know, like mm -hmm. basically any one of these niggas is like, yeah, kill the patriarchy. They can't come with us. No, I ain't meant like, to have. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, need to get together and be men and be strong and build, you know, like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, I just... I, I can't even imagine like way back when, back when you spoke about Marcus Garvey and, and Malcolm X and some of these strong black men, like, but they really let a lot of these modern day brothers like rock with them with their movement. Uh, right. Like, <laughs> they, 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 I don't think they would, you know? So I, I And not only, I agree with you, not only that, but I also feel like they would speak out on these dudes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because there's a lot of brothers that are, that are, you know, of, you know, positivity and things like that or of liberation, but they aren't, critiquing what needs to be critiqued. You know what I mean? They aren't cutting the fat that needs to be cut in, in culture or at least talking about it. And I think that that is something where I, I, I would hope that those leaders that we have before would say, no, 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 homeboy is doing it wrong. And homeboy, I hope you come and talk to me so you can get some of this information so I can so I can teach right. you, you know what I'm saying? That's right. Uh, those old Muhammad Ali clips, man, that, that's what I always think about when it comes to just like educating people who don't know better. And the way that he did it, his eloquence was, I feel like his eloquence was unmatched, man. I did, oh, yeah. That dude was wrong. Yeah. And people like, you know, I don't know, all these people we're speaking of, whether it's, you know, Garvey or Ali or Malcolm X or even Martin Luther King to an extent, they were willing to risk everything for what they knew was best for us ultimately. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So that's something to be admirable. Nowadays, I feel like we've reached a certain level of, I don't want to say affluence, but we know that there's a way to, to be comfortable 
without having to risk. <laughs> so like we're not able to True. really risk. So, you know what I mean? So I don't know. There, there's some of that that's involved too. People don't talk about the fact that Martin Luther King was actually assassinated, I believe, the day after he identified the, the group of black people he was talking to as Israelites, you know? Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's heavy. Yeah, man, I think I think um, to to bring this to a close, I think we're in a, and I say this a lot, but like we're in a very opportunistic time um, in the world and in America where we have this, I feel like we have this small window to reshape the, or just, yeah, just change the tra trajectory of Black culture and Black America um, because of what the internet is doing, uh, or what the internet has done by breaking down the, the barriers of, as far as like being the middleman, like cutting out the middleman, um, access to financial uh, uh, tools, access to cryptocurrency, all these things, all these changes that are happening. So we have this generation that has access. But now it's like, what are our values? If our values don't lead us to be um, universally minded uh, as a people, kind of like what Kanye is talking about, where as far as like building infrastructure for our people, getting buying, like we are kind of in that in that mode of like even rappers are buying land right now, which is kind of mm -hmm. dope, right? And so it's just like, all right, we're we're shifting, but we are we going to be able to build it in a way? Are we going to be able to attack all areas of activity in a way that builds up our culture? Every area, economics, education, entertainment, labor, law, politics, religion, sex, and war, every area has to align with the value of elevating our people. Um, but it's that's a monumental task. So kind of going back to what you're saying, Oba, it's just like, are you looking for just trying to serve or trying to help all Black people or just folks of, of, a, of a like mind? And, you know, my personal strategy of, of building and doing better for our people is what you were saying, Mondo, making sure that my family is straight. And, and but, I, but I, when I talk about family, family is like your, your blood, but also your, your sphere of influence. You know what I mean? Like your, your close friends, right? And just folks that you have influence over and y'all have this mutual respect. How can you build together? financially and, and culturally and create a model of other folks to look at because at, at the end of the day we don't have enough models of success to be like oh this is how i do this like those that group of 19 families that bought 70 acres in georgia mm -hmm. that's a model wow i don't know exactly how successful that's going to be because they're like the one of one right now but like that's a model and so we just need more models of this is how we build and so what I'm trying to do in my life is, you know, with the, the, the financial, um, the, the brokerage account that I have with my, with my folks and the 120 year plan of buying X amount of properties within 120 years, just to make sure that the basic necessities of housing is taken care of for at least six to eight generations down the line. Like that's just a model. I don't know what it's gonna look like in my lifetime and what it's gonna look like in my children's lifetime, but it's a model to at least leave the next generation and be like, yo, they actually built something and they wrote it down and they showed us this is how we work together. We talk about cooperative economics, we talk about Kwanzaa, but like, what's the what's the model? We don't have a model, we just have words and we have a week of celebration and we just recite this shit, but we don't really live it. And so long story less long, answer less shorter, 
build a model of success, build a model of solidarity so that we're no longer looking to outside allies for solidarity. We are our own solidarity. We can build, we are the 10th largest economic country just as a folks, as a group of black people, like as far as what we spend and what we put out. So we can accomplish a lot if we come together and we build together. That's right. For sure, for sure. So thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> but no, nah, man, I appreciate y'all. This, this has been dope. This has been some years in the making and I got the dream team with me, man. Even got Ted and just hanging on the whole time. Man. It's, this is beautiful, bro. So um, any final words before we close out for tonight? Uh, Mondo, I'll, I'll throw it to you first. Oh man, I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, always, uh, it's always a pleasure and privilege when you bring me on. So I'm very thankful for that. Uh, it was definitely a deep stuff to get into with Kanye. Again, I'll just reiterate that I love seeing this type of energy from him. Um, you know, I hope that it starts uh, a positive trend, you know, with our people that we start seeing ourselves as leaders and seeing ourselves uh, away from the pack and, and really just be innovative and think outside the box and don't let the, the herd necessarily define you. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, loved it. And until next time, it's been dope. It's been real. Oba, my guy, go ahead and close it's it out. It's good to meet you too in person, Oba. <laughs> Actually, Oba might've might have stepped away. It's, it's late out there. He's two hours, uh, he's two hours ahead of us, so. Um, with that being said, once again, y'all, it's the Socks and Sandals podcast where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. Holla at y'all next time. Grace and peace. Peace.